We are SC Podcast, Pac-12 Champion Edition. Gary Paspis and Daryl Rideau here immediately after the Trojan 31-28 victory over Stanford here at Levi Stadium. Daryl, let's just hit this thing up at the top. You and I are getting ready to talk about this thing, and you said this was a knockout, drag-out fight, and you had to knock out Stanford to get this win, and that's exactly what SC did. You know, the, the, the great poet Mike Tyson once said, everybody comes into a fight with a game plan until they're punched in the mouth. Well, when you go up against Stanford, expect to get punched in the mouth and hit with combos. And that's exactly what Stanford brought. Stanford brought everything to the table to try to limit and minimize USC's explosive offense. And I thought that they did a great job at times. But give credit to USC. They brought their big boy shoulder pads in this game. And they matched wit for wit and blow for blow. And it took every bit and every ounce of effort for USC to pull this victory out, Gary. This was a slobber knocker. And really what it did, I want to talk about a key thing, because this was not, especially for the first half, not the prettiest of games, especially because of the penalties. But, Daryl, SC and Stanford delivered a a, a real classic second half and a real classic championship game, and it really exemplified what these two teams have become in terms of this rivalry. And, and Gary, if you really want to know what the Pac-12 is all about, Look no further than these two teams. Over the past decade, these are the two teams that exemplify the style of football that that Pac-12 wants to be represented. And in a game where physicality oftentimes isn't associated with the Pac-12, we saw a lot of bit of that. In the running game, we saw explosive plays in the passing game, and we saw two quarterbacks shine in their brightest moments. But what we also talk, we also saw, Daryl, is uh, I want to lead off starting talking about right now uh, about an absolutely epic old-fashioned USC goal line stand. Vintage. Vintage. And so let's set it up a little bit. The two teams had traded scores. SC went up 24-14 on a Ronald Jones touchdown run after Sam Darnold had absolutely thrown a rope downfield to Stephen Mitchell. So you're up 24-14. Stanford comes right back. Bryce Love has a long touchdown run. and with an angle by Chris Hawkins that was good, but then the Stanford TD gets it in the end zone on a high point ball. Yeah. You really couldn't stop those. They, no. they had those high point balls going on. And then there, it, it seemed like a moment where it could have started to turn for us. Right, and right. we've seen it happen. You had the hit out of bounds by John Houston. And you, you, you had Stephen Carr fumbling. You had a, a shank pump by Reed Budgerich. And all of a sudden, before you know it, Stanford has the ball down at, the, at about the five-yard line. Right. Let's set that up a little bit. On first down, Chris Hawkins has a tackle for loss. We talked about it getting ready for this. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. Something positive. One of the smartest players you'll ever find um, wearing Cardinal and Gold. Chris Hawkins, savviness, patiently coming to the line of scrimmage, unaccounted for in, in, in the count in terms of who's blocking right, him. Right. But his angle that he takes, you know, you got to give a lot of credit. You yes. know, he may not give himself credit about how much math he takes, but he definitely learned his geometry on that play. And so they, they, they run the ball and they get a little bit closer and they're down whatever they were at, the one, the one right. and a half, whatever right. you want to call it. And it's third down, Daryl. And this is Stanford we're this talking is Stanford. about. A team that has built themselves. And I mean, I, I'm going to pause for a minute and say I love the formation they bring in right. in those situations. Right. Seven offensive line and eight and offensive. They, they make no, oh. no no bones about it. They don't even they, they don't even line a wide receiver out. Right. They load up that box with fat nasties with a lot of heaviness. Yeah. And, and, and Gary, at times like that, in that moment in the trenches, as a player, that's when I used to be reminded of why we had to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and go to off-season conditioning. And those extra squats, those extra lifts, 
the reason why you didn't cheat yourself was because there's a moment in time when you're going to have to go up against a team like Stanford that's going to line up extra linemen, extra tight ends in the box, and you're just going to have to whip the man in front of you. And this was that moment for USC's defense. Regardless of what happened up until this point, it came down to a man's fight. And there were times when USC won the battle when they needed to win it. And it was absolutely so on third down, and I, I, I respect it. You go up the middle twice. Yes. I, I, I respect it. On the first one, th th there was a bunch of Trojans in there. I personally thought that Liam Jimmins was one of the ones who had a first contact right. to, to, to really get low in there. But but the third down, they stop him for absolutely no but, game. But you talked about low man winning, and but not only just winning going underneath, but actually getting penetration and resetting that line of scrimmage, I thought was all the difference from Stanford building that momentum and being able to flip and jump over that line of scrimmage okay and so at that point it comes to fourth down and it they does have it. um any thought of kicking a field goal your thought on david shaw's decision right there i thought there was plenty of time left on the clock plenty of football and at that moment you have to walk away with points and i thought he left some points on the board by electing to to try to punch usc in the mouth mm -hmm. and, and and put an exclamation point on what they considered to be a brilliant drive up until right. that point you kick the field goal, now the game is tied. It swings. But no, what does Stanford do? Mono y mono, they let their emotions get the best of them. And oh, they try, and, you know, and this is a time where I think you were trying to crack USC's spine mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. punching the ball in. But you did not. But you did not. Exclamation uh, point. That defense, there were times, Gary, in the past that, you know, and you go back to some epic uh, Stanford battles. Oh, sure. How fitting does it come down to a fourth down, fourth and goal, drive, man on man, roll up your sleeves. I love the fact that Stanford, when they elected not to go for the field goal, uh -huh. you knew they were going to try you to punch it in. No trickeration there. Yeah, this wasn't Washington State trying to punch it in. Right. This was Stanford, like you say, very fitting. Uh, Uchenna Nwusu. Slides in from the backside, and uh, you didn't even get close. You didn't even get close to the goal You didn't line. even get close to there it. There wasn't it, even a measurement. It, there was no need it, for it. Batman, how big does he shine in the brightest moments? When you need a leader and when you need a champion to, to, to line up, you turn to your captain, and your captain made a big play. And that, that wasn't Washington State. That wasn't a slouch. No, that was Stanford. That was physical football. And Uwusu, you earned your stripes as a Trojan. Well, you, you, okay, you, you did. And, but... That was one. That was part one of a two-part momentum swing that was right. as impressive as anything that we've seen. I think a momentum swing in USC history. So USC gets the ball. You're you're, you're backed up very much into your own end zone. Um, you know what that time is? Magic Sam time. Magic Sam time in his end zone, Gary. When when many people are just trying to be conservative, Sam has this clock inside this DNA where when he scans the field. He's always looking to charge. And for him to step up in the belly of the pocket, oh, in the belly of the pocket, yes. five yards in his end zone, creeps up two yards deep into it, and just chucks one down the field. But before he connected with Mitchell on that play, I thought that, I mean, Pittman, I'm sorry, Pittman on that play, I thought that there were a few other times where Magic Sam showed and he shined. Mm -hmm. But none came brighter than that moment right there when he hits Pittman. I, I would argue that, that that's I mean that's going to go down for Sam Darnold as, as one of the memories that you have of him. Right, is right. Is that throw out of his ozone. Like you say, he's he stepped up into 
a Stanford defender on either side of him. There was a USC blocker there, right? But like you say, it was into the belly of the beast. There, there was traffic in there. And, and, um, and give credit. It give, felt a little bit like that Texas throw to Carr where he leaped up. Right. It's just one of those. Hey, have you done that before, Sam? No, I just kind of did it. And that improvisation is something that you just don't teach. It's in his DNA. But give credit to the receiver on the other side, oh, Michael Pittman. Where were you at the beginning of the what season? But when you when this team needed someone to step up most, Pittman shined and he had a great game. Yes, he did. Again, we talked about winning those individual battles and giving your team an opportunity to be mm -hmm. successful. Mm -hmm. For him to climb on top and for Darnold, when that pocket collapsed, for him to find that crease and, and to have confidence in a receiver that he didn't have all season, that he built that maturation and that rhythm with towards the end of the year, mm -hmm. th that speaks a lot to the confidence that Darnold has in, in guys like Pittman. Uh, but, but it's still not finished off yet. No, it isn't. And, and, and so you're continuing down and you are faced – you, you have a series to really close this thing out. And you come down to fourth down. And you could maybe try to kick a field goal. Right. You could maybe punt. You could do a lot of things. But you said to knock out Stanford, you had to go forward on fourth down and close that game and, out. And you knew it. Because on the other side, when Stanford at the line of scrimmage on fourth down, they tried to punch it in. So you knew to ice this game, you can't afford to kick a field goal and give Stanford an opportunity to either run back a kick. That leaves too many variables and scenarios out. Mm -hmm. No, the way that you finish this off is on fourth down, you got to punch it. You have to punch it. And you know what I love most about the call, Gary, was that they put the ball in Darnold's hands. You know, you got them to that point. Now you make the decision on how this. You you are the narrative. I mean, you're narrating and you're the author right. of, of of this chapter. Right. Right. Finish it the right way. And he always seems to make the smartest decision under critical and crucial times. And I thought that that right there was more demoralizing than anything else. If you're going to put Stanford away, you got to deliver the final blow. And the final blow is for them to have no answer to a guy like Sam Darnold. Right. And that's exactly what it was. Because, of course, you're going to throw the ball to a freshman tight end in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> no one saw that coming. But I, I love the fact that it was – it came down. It was nail biting. Those four that, that those four plays to seal the game was a lot of gamesmanship, kind of going back and forth. But this was great, authentic, vintage USC football. Yeah. And again, I think everybody in that stadium expected maybe Ronald Jones to, oh, to get that ball. Oh, I, I did, and rightfully so. Yeah. But again, this is USC learning, and I think Darnold saying, "Put the." Put this game on my shoulders. Let me put the exclamation point on this. In that two-way, that 6-4 frame forced that defense to collapse, and no one saw a freshman right. tight end coming. Right. I mean, how could you? In a game like this, when it matters so Not much. Not with the other people that were on the field. When it mattered at, at so much. Moment, you hadn't thrown to them all game. Okay, let's, let's kind of slow it down for a minute and just go through and talk about some of the position groups of some of the guys that jumped out to us because there really were a lot, and I want to start off with the defensive line, Daryl. Right. Uh, all week long, we, we, we didn't know if Rasheem Green, how much is he going to be able to give us. He gave us a lot. He gave us a lot. Uh, Malik Dorton. What a game by that young man. Man, this kid continues to shine, Gary. I thought he had some crucial deflections, yeah. uh, you know, sack cause fumble. Yeah. A little questionable on whether or not it was, you know, the recovery. But you cannot mistake his effort. And what I love about it is when you're going up against a team like Stanford, I, I talked about it before, winning those individual battles oftentimes are not the easiest things because when, that, when those fat nasties over there from Stanford grab cloth, they tend to not let go. Right. So for you to be able to engage, disengage, and cause disruption in the backfield, th that means that 
I'm watching your progress and your elevation. Right. And you understand the moment. You understand how big and significant this game is. Mm -hmm. And the defensive line, when I thought that they were challenged most by this team to step up and shine, they came and they rose to the occasion. Uh, so we mentioned those two guys. Let's throw in some Brandon Peely oh uh, yeah. with, with, with some big plays. We mentioned Nuwusu. There's no doubt about it. And I thought yeah. Jordan Neosefa. You know, and, um, and of course, you can always talk about Cam Smith and, and how always. smart he was. But but I, I thought to a man, that front seven, collectively, they all seem to make plays at crucial times. Even Houston coming yeah. up on, under critical moments. But Neosefa, whoever expected someone to be playing out of position mm -hmm. to play so exceptional to the point where we're not calling his name because he's doing something in error. Right. We're calling his name to highlight how great and instinctive, he seems to be be playing at, at that position. Let's go back to the secondary. I want to talk about Chris Hawkins first. Yeah. Uh, the the play that really jumped out to me, besides that tackle for loss, was uh, when, when Bryce Love went and broke out on, on a long run right. to get them out from into their area. And Chris was taking a certain angle, and then realized I'm not going to get him at this angle. And so just kind of adjusting, even though he's going to give up some yardage. Yep. yep. But he ended up making the play. And, and that's so smart, Gary, because so many times do we see. Um, safeties take what they call a banana angle, the long way. He took the hypotenuse. If, if the shortest point is between A, B, he went the C route, and he was going to meet him at the angle where, where he knew that love was going to end up. And had he not have done that, had he not have done that and taken that poor angle, love is in the end zone. Right. And if there's any play that stands out more than anything else, it's that angle. That just speaks to how smart of a player Hawkins is, but how much, you know, um, Selling out for the team, doing what's best for the team, shows and shines in a moment like that to give your defense another play. And then, like we talked about, they they, they had some success. They did of throwing the ball to the tight they ends. Did. But make, that's make, what make they no do. mistake about it. I that's mean, the do. percentages are: if you have trees, you better throw to those trees. <laughs> right. And when they hit them, they hit them. But hit them, they, they hit were all contested, and that's what you have to give. And, and that's the, what the I want secondary. to ask you about. We, we we had early on in the game back-to-back -back penalties. You had a holding on Biggie, right. And you had a PI on Jack Jack, which was a little questionable in my there you opinion. Go. That's what I wanted to hear from yeah. you. Yeah, it, it was. I, I I thought that it could have gone either way. But again, you know, oftentimes you attribute the the um the contact to the defender but i'll say this i thought that the the, the series evened out on stanford's next series right. when they gave us back a couple exactly you know they had a couple of pass interference some uh, an unsportsmanlike conduct play that that extended the drive and allowed us to come right back down the field in march so i thought that that was a wash where where i thought the game was um i i thought the wit and the smart plays by usc's defense made more plays than Stanford's defense at times when it counted most proved to be the difference. Right. Because, uh, we, and we're going back to it, that fourth down series where if you're Shaw and you're just playing the numbers, the numbers would have told you kick the field goal, even up the score, give your, give your team to fight another fight. Mm -hmm. But they got a little greedy, and that challenged USC's defense. At times they might have given up something, but on a night like this when it mattered most and nothing else after this counts, you saw your players, your captains, your leaders step up in the most opportune times. And to win a Pac-12 title. To win a Pac-12 title, mm -hmm. you know. And Ajane Harris instinctively jumps when, when Stanford had the numbers. There was a three-receiver, what we call a bunch uh -huh. set. It was, um, it was Isaiah Langley and Ajane Harris over there, the only two. And what does Ajane do? Instead of him engaging the receiver, he jumps the route. The ball, you know, now what happens after that, 
you would love to see him jump on the ball, but obviously jubilation kicks in, adrenaline kicks in, but boy, oh boy, you have a chance to pick that ball up and maybe scoop and score. And visions of Nikel Roby against Andrew Luck and running through his mind. You know, learning experiences, but you cannot take away the instinctive play, the play that he makes. Yeah. Because between him and you, we highlight Magic Sam, Darnold stepping up in the pocket and making a, crush, a critical throw in your own end zone right. where most teams are more conservative. Those are plays that, those are outer body experiences, and those are moments that are etched in in USC folklore. I, I'm going to give a little praise here before we start talking about the SC offense. Just the Stanford running game. Bryce Love, and we saw it from Christian McCaffrey as well, how patient they are as yes, runners. Yes, in can't the backfield. You admire it. Yes. I mean, you got to give them a lot of credit because yeah. I thought he gave us fits until he, he seemed to hobbled off a little, yeah, yeah, a, a yeah. little the injured. Ankle, the ankle you got know, banged up. But, but, but to a man, I like that we got the best version of Stanford. I agree. And, and, and they came with it, and they matched wit for wit. Even when I thought that there were times where USC could, had opportunities to put the game away, uh -huh. Stanford did everything that they had to do to keep the game close enough for them to have their moments and, and, and kind of, you know, and creep back into the game. Right. But um, I thought the difference was USC's offensive execution, the rhythm that they were able to demonstrate, mm -hmm. those crossing routes, getting guys like Pittman involved, right. you know, uh, crucial plays by Tyler Vaughn. Critical moments. Those re that receiving a core. Big, you, you mentioned as we were getting ready for this, a big catch by Daniel Imator Bebe to remind us of what he can of, do. Of how special this yeah. kid is, yeah. you know, and to see a healthy Imator Bebe. Yeah. I, I thought his presence alone, and I've been saying this for half the season, his presence alone creates the spacing right. that Ronald Jones benefits from. So, hey, young man, when you get your stipend check, make sure you throw in an extra cheeseburger for guys like Daniel Imator Bebe. And I, I want to mention down on the offensive line, uh, I want to mention Jordan Austin yeah. in, in this game because Andrew Voorhees went out early with, he with did. a neck injury. Jordan Austin, Daryl, has not played much Didn't legitimate know? snaps right. in a game when it mattered. I, don't, I doubt he's, he really has in his career to right. this point. You went in there in the Pac-12 title game, and you played three quarters, and wherever they grade you, I don't know, but uh, you walked away uh, with a victory. Uh, against NFL caliber talent. Right. You walked in and you held your own. Well, Harrison it, Phillips. It, it, is bear a, in mind. Like, Harrison I, Phillips. Man-child. Yeah. I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I've been a starter and I've been a reserve. Mm -hmm. And mentally, to be dialed in, not knowing when you're going to have that Wally Pip moment, to come in as a reserve, give, give Austin a lot of credit for him being prepared, but not only being prepared, I thought he played exceptional. We didn't call his name enough to, to highlight him um, for, for errors. He had one false start. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That's nerves. You credit <laughs> yeah, that to sure. nerves in the biggest game of your career. I got no problem with that. That'll no problem happen. with that. Um, we, we've, we've talked about the receivers, and like, like, right. like you're saying, Pittman, Vons, and De De Deontay got a couple, but it wasn't a Deontay night. But, but um, I would be remiss if, if we didn't talk about the effort, the running of Rojo. And, and that's what I want to get to next. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Because what they did in the first half, what he did, you know, between him and Carr to accumulate over 100 yards on a vaunted Stanford team that prides themselves with containing the run, I thought, for me, it was the difference. Mm -hmm. well, I, I like the commitment to him. Yes. You know, th 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 this was a 25-carry game for Rojo. You did that to him. And I don't know, Daryl, if this offensive line, this is not a one of the all-time SC lines in terms of run blocking. No, it's not. This is a lot of Rojo being Rojo and powering through with right. this newfound running style that he has brought this year, yeah. the power running that we really didn't see from him in his first two years. Tonight was another night where it really showed up. And, and his power 
the centrifugal force that he generates when he accelerates into players and his balance. I give a lot of credit to his off-season conditioning, mm -hmm. but his mentality. You know, he could he could be deemed as a fast finesse uh, running back, but that's not in his DNA. This, this kid wants to apply punishment, and defenders seem to bounce off of him, so they never get a clean shot on him. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and I think that that ignites and it electrifies this offense when he runs the way that he does. I, I especially love that last touchdown when he. It was almost as if he was cruising into right, the end zone. Right. You, we got this. I'm going to give you a little stiff arm, but but you're not going to keep me out of the end zone on this one. I, I, I loved it, you know. And and as I again, I, I look at my notes. Um, there were a few guys that that I really, you know, wanted to make sure we highlighted. Sure. You know, this wasn't a Burnett moment where you no. know a Rose Bowl type of effort no. for him, but crucial times. You know, um, again. That first down that he had late in the fourth quarter, mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. thought just moving the chains sometimes. These things go unnoticed right? because they're not touchdowns and highlights. But collectively, I thought everyone appeared to be dialed into this game. You know, and, and I thought even when Stanford had their moments when they were having success with their tight end play and their uh -huh. big wide receivers, they were contested. No busted coverages to the point where guys right. were just left right. wide open. Right. And, I, and I love that about this game plan going in. And I would flip flip it over. I say one of the things I noticed tonight was the perimeter blocking. Um, yeah. It seems like we, you know we we are a very good perimeter blocking football team. No doubt. Uh, but but it really showed tonight <laughs> to help break some plays. Man, you know who is cold? A healthy Stephen Mitchell. Yes. Is cold. Yes. I mean, some of those moves that he had in, in, in empty space, I would not want to be on the other side of those highlights because right. right. that kid is. Ooh, he's so smooth. I love it. Right. Him. I hear you. Well, let's end this thing hitting on. We, we we've talked a lot about Sam, but I think that you know. Player of the game tonight, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, like I say, for, for this team to be Pac-12 champions, Daryl, I just love that besides the goal line stand that it's going to be yeah. that play from Sam that is remembered for this football game. Right. It just seems fitting. Right. And, and when, it, when it comes to wh what will I remember most about Sam Darnold is moments like this. Right. In crucial times, critical moments, he seems to be the most calm person on the field. And he forces the field to slow down for him. And that, that, that identity resonates with this team. And for him to have a signature moment like this yeah. and to finally bring a Pac-12 title under his new format, right. earned rightfully earned. against a team, an yeah. opponent like Stanford, that you had to beat. And it came down to a fourth down play. How fitting was the ball in his hands? And he makes the right play, as Sam usually does under crucial times. And so let's end this podcast by talking about Clay Helton. And you have to give him something for tonight. Bear in mind, he went up to. against a, a Stanford coach team by Shaw that was 3-0 and under this right. type of Pac-12 right. format. Right. And for him to come in and match wit for wit and devise the game plan but get his team to peak at the right time, you got to give a lot of credit to Clay Helton. Mm -hmm. And he is starting to earn his own stripes. Regardless of what anyone's opinion coming into this, you, 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 you show up like this mm -hmm. and you play vintage USC football like this and you remind us of why you mentioned you want to play physical football right. in your press conference you've earned my respect you continue to earn my respect but more importantly you went over your locker room when you punched the ball in and you don't you, you don't punk out on a fourth down play when you need it most and let's remember Stanford just beat Notre Dame. We all know yeah. what Notre Dame did to us in October. Right. right. You know, they, they were a team that was playing well and the proverbial clicking on all cylinders right. down the stretch of the season. And just for SC to meet that 
and yeah. to beat it at that game. And, and such Gary, a satisfying feeling to win the title. Gary, you're as a coach at USC, you are always remembered by how you get your team to peak at the right times. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be the mon moniker of a Clay Helton coach team. They're calibrated and they seem to perform and peak at the right times in these big moments. There's no letdown with this team when it comes to that. And, and for that, I give him a lot of credit. We don't know what the offseason may have in store for some mm -hmm. of these assistant coaches, but for now, what he has, the nucleus of this team, is something to be reckoned with. And I thought today we finally saw a complete USC football game. And, and those who were there will walk away with Pac-12 championship rings. And so now we wait till tomorrow to find out where SC goes for a bowl game. Probably going to be the Fiesta Bowl based right. on the projections that you see. Be playing someone good, and I, we will certainly look forward to that one. Absolutely. Okay, so from Levi Stadium for Dero Rideau, this is Gary Pasquitz. You're listening to the We Are SC podcast.